They call, when the two love interests meet, they call that a meet-cute. Well, in the church, we don't call it that. We call it a divine appointment. And about 10 years ago, um, John showed up at our uh, office. We were renting space from another ministry, and John and uh, Pastor Dudley got into a conversation. And I remember Dudley calling me, I think within 24 hours of meeting John, and said, hey, I've just met this guy, John Hernandez. He's uh, has started this ministry. I really think that there's a lot of synergies. And so, you know, you, you run into things like that. Little did I know what would happen over the next 10 years in, in regards to not only the friendships that were created, but the opportunities for Pastor Dudley to take his teaching gifts and to take those to teach pastors who were working in jungles in Colombia, uh, fighting against the drug trade down there in terms of proclaiming Christ. And so I just think about what's been open to this church. And then if you think about those of you who travel to Honduras and have participated in those missionary trips, just how that has changed your lives. And so when I think about last week and I think about uh, Alistair Geddes talking about being intentional, I think about John and Marisa, that's intentionality. And not only that, Alistair talked about this whole idea of a legacy and certainly when you think about children who are calling them mama and papa, that's certainly a legacy but there's also a legacy here because of the impact um, through Dudley and through that friendship. So as a leader here, I am just so eternally grateful for your friendship and for your ministry, and not only for what you're doing around the world, but what you're doing right here in Boynton Beach Community Church. So thank you. Come, be with us. So good to be here with you and to be able to share uh, some great things that the Lord is doing, and uh, I think Maritza and I, one of the most interesting things for us, or things we look forward to, is to be able to say thank you face to face, to be able to look at you and say thank you so much, Boynton Beach Community Church, for all that you guys have done. You know, I, I, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, your influence doesn't end that day. It's still going on in the lives, in, in uh, children's lives that you impact through Children's Impact Network. And so we're just so grateful that you guys have embraced this calling so well. And uh, for those of you who have gone on trips, for those of you who sponsor children, uh, we just want to say thank you. For those of you who have supported people who go on trips, uh, it's because of you that we're able to do what we're doing. And, uh, and I... I, I just want to say that we just love, love, love Pastor Dudley and Chris, and they have become dear friends of ours, uh, the leadership of this church. John uh, Levitt is the MVP today. He's just, uh, he's been doing so much today and, and holding down the fort, and, and so many of you who have, uh, over the years, have done so much. We, we just thank you because uh, lives are being impacted, and the Lord has called us to rescue, abandon, abuse, neglected children. But we couldn't do it without you and without the help of others. Uh, just recently, uh, we've had this summer 17 teams go out. So uh, it's been a pretty busy summer, especially for our staff. And, uh, and we just thank God that, that some of you were there. Uh, if you're in the service, would you raise your hand if you went to on this last trip to Honduras? Okay, great. Uh, how many of you have gone on a trip with us at, at any of the years? Raise your hand. Okay, so now it's your job to tell everybody else to go, okay? So um, uh, take down names and, and dates. And so, uh, but we thank you so much. Um, 
we are, we're really excited because uh, the, it just keeps growing. And we're in the middle of uh, building our second building in Honduras where we're going to be able to double the impact there and rescue more children as soon as it's finished. And we're just so excited for that. And then Friday, Maritza and I leave for Chile. And uh, we've worked uh, hand in hand with the Chilean government. They've been so gracious. In February, we began an orphanage there. We've got almost 30 kids, zero to six, running around all over the place, uh, just the cutest things. And, and uh, now we're at the table again, and they're saying, there's some more needs that we have, and would you consider? So it's a good possibility that within the next year or two, we'll be able to begin another orphanage uh, to be able to reach out to another group of children. So thank you so much for praying, for being a part of that, and we covet your prayers. We covet uh, all that you do. And uh, I want to say that uh, this isn't just providing shelter for kids who don't have any, even though that's a very important thing. But we are committed to these children even into their college ages so that we can see them become professionals. And uh, I've got some good news. Three of the boys that we rescued many, many years ago are graduating December from seminary. They will graduate as pastors because their desire, their desire is to be able to do for others what God did for them. Amen. And so that's so exciting to be able to see that uh, already it's, been, it's beginning to multiply and they'll be able to go out and do great things. But uh, well, we're excited about that. Let's pray as we go to the Lord this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for the beautiful worship this morning, for this amazing church. We thank you for friends and family here in this place. We thank you that we have come here, Lord, not to hear anyone, but to honor you and to love you and to worship you. That's what we were created for. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that, uh, that you would just continue to fill this place with your presence, open our ears to hear what you have to say, our eyes to see what you would want us to see. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And uh, before we go there, I want to kind of give you a little background on what uh, we would like to share today. And uh, we want to talk about uh, a story that has just been a story that almost everyone knows. They may not all know all the little details, but everyone has heard of this story. And we kind of, in the Bible, we kind of separate stories sometimes. We say, well, that's a kid's story, or that's a, a different type of story, or a war story. Um, but in reality, uh, you know, one of the things that I think we have been accustomed to is with so many teams every single year over the course of the years, all the teams bring skits. And they are always acting out um, either, either something about Moses or, or Abraham and Isaac or, or the flood or, or, or David and Goliath and, and, and things that we're normally used to seeing and, and, uh, and, and they, can, they can act it out. And so one of the stories that has always intrigued me was the story of David and Goliath. And uh, after 30 years of ministry, Maritza and I had the opportunity to go to Israel and stand in the Valley of Elah, where uh, many believe that uh, that's where the Israelite army was and that's where the Philistine army was. And there's the brook where David got the five stones from. And so uh, being there, it, it kind of came alive for us 
and we uh, just going back to the kids' stories that we would hear. Now, I don't know about you. This is a really nice church. Where I grew up, I mean, church wasn't so easy. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was small. It was, I mean, we, for kids' church, we didn't have fancy screens or anything like that. We had the flannel graphs. You guys remember those? Those little velvet, or not velvet, uh, felt uh, paper things that used to stick on the, and, I, and I'd, I'd sit there every Sunday and I'd say, you know, it's funny because Moses looks a lot like Abraham, and Jesus looks like Paul, and so we didn't have the money, so, so they would use the same characters for different things and just do what they had to do, so every week, you're kind of thinking as a kid, you're like, wait, I, I thought that was the other guy, and, uh, but, but I remember hearing the story of David and Goliath. And it was, it's almost like when you hear about it for so long, you become accustomed to it. But it really is an incredible, incredible story. It's incredible because here was a boy <coughs> that came from the least tribe, the smallest tribe. He was the youngest in his household. And he was given an opportunity one day to take bread and cheese to his brothers. On the way there... He, uh, he, when he got there, he encountered what was taking place. And there, the Israelite army was encamped, and the Philistine army was encamped. And in between was a valley. And so David, being this young boy, full of energy, wanting to see those proud heroes of the Israelite army, those great men of war and warriors, he shows up, and what he found were cowards. He hears the giant, the Philistine giant, hurl insults at the God of Israel, hurl insults at the people of Israel. And day after day, he was doing that. And I'm sure he looked around thinking, wow, I got here thinking I was going to see these men that I could look up to. And here I find myself looking at a field of cowards, of people who... who were just paralyzed because they were gripped by fear. So David didn't just show up that day. You see, David had a history with God. He had a history of trusting God. Because that day, he told them in, his in, in, uh, in this anger, he, a righteous anger, he said, why are we allowing this to happen? And he says, I'll go face the giant. And they probably looked at him like he was crazy. This little scrawny teenager. But that day, David wanted to make a statement that no one's going to talk about our God. No one's going to insult our army. And if we believe God is for us, then we should be able to jump into, the, into that valley and protect God or our, our, protect the Israelite army. So he does. And he tries on Saul's armor. Many of you know the story. The armor was too big. He was too small. And finally... He comes to the realization, I'm just going to do what I've always done. And so he goes down to the brook, grabs five stones and the sling. And David, his battle technique didn't ha begin there. Because he trusted God. And he was able to look at the Philistine and he said, as, as, as God was with me with the lion and the bear, he will also help me defeat this Philistine. Now the rules of the battle were this. To save lives, you would take your strongest men and their strongest men, they would meet, 
in the middle, and they would fight. If you lost, you were subject to the winning army. But that day, David changed the rules. He was upset. He was upset because of what they had done. They didn't just come in for battle. He were mocking the people of God. And so David looks at the Philistine. He says, not only will I defeat you, but we will overrun the armies as well. And so David takes a stone, uses the sling, and hits the giant. The giant falls to the ground. David runs to him, cuts his head off, holds up his head. The Israelite army gains strength and confidence. They run down the valley and overtake the Philistine army. God was with David that day. That day, David killed a giant. And from that day on, the stories of David began to ring out that he was a man that would not back down from any fight. As a matter of fact, as his life went on and as he became king, God began to do great things through David. He was able to defeat all of his enemies. David had success in everything that he did. But later on, David faced another giant. It says this in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It says, in the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab, Joab was the, 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 the chief of the armies, out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. David remained in Jerusalem in the times when kings would go out to war. David had com compiled so much success that now he was sitting back and enjoying that success. So much that he would send Joab out with the armies. And Joab would command the armies and they would defeat the different countries. So God was still with them. David watching his leadership skills in action. But there was a problem. It was during a time when he was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. So what happened? The men are out to war, and he's in the palace. And here comes another giant, a giant of temptation, a giant that would test him. And so as he's up on his balcony, he sees Bathsheba. Many of you know the story. He... He, asks, he, he calls for her. Um, he covets another man's wife. David commits adultery with Bathsheba. Then after that, to cover things up, he sends Bathsheba's husband all the way to the front lines to be killed and gave Joab specific orders to do that. In a time when the kings were supposed to be in battle. So David kills a giant. Later on, He's wounded by a giant. And so David runs, and, 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 and now in the time of his life, he's crying out to God. The greatest thing about David was that he knew where to run to. And he knew that when we make mistakes, run back to the rock. The rock that is higher than I, he used to say. And David would call out, and he, he had this passionate love for God where he says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. David, at one point, uh, before he was king, he found himself being pursued by Saul's army. And at that point, 
he finds himself in a cave and he says, I looked to my left, I looked to my right, and there was no one who cared for me. David found himself in desperate times, at desperate times in his life, but he never forgot where to run to. And so when David was wounded by this giant, he was able to survive. He was able to survive because he ran to God. You see, during all this time, God was still with David. God's promises were sure for David. Then the third thing. David killed a giant. David was wounded by a giant. But David became a giant. And how did he become a giant? He became a giant that lived on. A giant that trusted God in everything and was able to move towards God, not away from God. David brought peace to a land. And listen to this. In 2 Kings chapter 2, or I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 2, verse 1. David is passing away. He'd lived his entire life. As a matter of fact, he got to such a point of success that David was able to lean back on his recliner throne and say, hey, is there anybody left that I haven't blessed? Now, that's true success. And so he had gotten through all that. He, he got through all the, 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 the hurdles of life, and now David has had complete success and he has a complete reign, and there he is on his deathbed. And listen to some of his last words. He says this, I'm about to go all the way, to go the way of the earth. And he calls his son Solomon. And he speaks these words to his son. So be strong and act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and his commands, his laws, his regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this, do this, he says, so that you may prosper and you will be blessed wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep his promise to me, David saying, that if his descendants would watch how they lived, and walked faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, there would never fail to be a successor on the throne of Israel. Today, we see that fulfilled. That through the line of David came the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And to this day, Jerusalem is still called the city of David. Amen? And so, he was able to see that. But to be able to look at his son and say, listen, of all I've been through, the highs, the lows, the, 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 the people shouting my name in the streets, to me hiding in the cave. It all boils down to this. Be strong and do what you're supposed to do. That was his words to his son. His son that would go on and write the book of Proverbs, song of so, uh, 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 the Song of Solomon, and be able to give us nuggets of truth, to be the wealthiest man that ever lived, and to be able to, 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 uh, to have a foundation. And when, he, when they ask him probably what's the most important thing that your father told you, he probably went back to this moment and said, be strong 
act like a man or a woman and do what God has required you to do. If you do that, I'll prosper you and I will bless you wherever you go. So David's message was really simple. He boiled it down to those things. So David became a giant. The little boy who ran off with a couple stones to kill this giant, the boy that had defeated the lion, the boy that had defeated the bear, the boy that became a warrior and was able to defeat the enemies that were attacking Israel. Now, the summation of his life was able to pass on these words to his son to basically say, if you just do what you're supposed to do. One day I, I arrived in, um, in Cuba, and uh, normally when you get into a car coming out of the airport, you're greeted. But this pastor was just, he was just so full of God. He just, he just every moment was a treasure with him. And, and as soon as I got in the car, he looked at me and he says, John, if we do what we're supposed to do, all God's work gets done. <laughs> he says, if everybody would just do what they're supposed to do. And I, I've often thought about that. Because God has called us to do different things. But wherever he has placed us, that's what we're supposed to do. And to do it with all of our heart. To be able to help people wherever we are. There are some things that we're going to do together as a, as a body of Christ. But there are some things that God has asked you to do. And so I want to leave you with three things. And I want to leave you with this, is that there are three things. And first is, I want you to think of the person that you are. Who are we right now? See, Paul, Saul was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. And so on his way, many of you know the story. God struck him with a light. He fell off his horse. He was a man with marching orders to persecute the Christians. He had all the soldiers at his command. He had all the authority. And yet he was knocked off his horse. And for three days and three nights, they walked him by his hand. They led him for those days because he was struck blind for those days. Those three days, I guarantee you, Saul had to deal with himself. There were three days where he began to probably think of all that he had done, where he was now, and be able to ask God to give him new marching orders. Sometimes we need a restart. Sometimes we need a moment where we say, Lord, I, this is me. This is where I am today. How and what do you want to do in my life? The second is, First, think of who you are. The second is, think of the person you can be. Who's the person that we can be? You see, it's not because of our talents and giftings, and, and it wasn't because of a young boy was stronger than all the armies of Israel. He was a skinny guy, probably. It's because of who Jesus is. And because of who Jesus is, we can do anything. God promises that in Jeremiah 29, 11. That he, he'll give us a hope. He'll give us a future. All that we can be. And lastly, think of the person we will be. You see, David probably didn't think that on his deathbed, 
he was going to look back and see all these different types of events. For all he knew, he was going to live and die as a shepherd in his dad's, on his dad's farms. But look at what God did through this little boy. Think of what God can do through us. Think of the person that we will be. And I go back and I want to repeat again. Be strong. Observe all that the Lord requires. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. The Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Think about that for a moment. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. He gives us promises that we can do all things through Christ. Promise after promise. When we're afraid, he gives us those too. There are 366 verses in the Bible that refer to us not being afraid. He gives us an extra one out of the year just in case you're having a really bad day. God is with us and he's there to strengthen us and think of the giants we could be. David killed a giant. David was wounded by a giant. But he didn't let that define his life. David became a giant. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you that you have called people to step forward, to step out, to do great things for you. Lord, we thank you that it's not based on our gifts. It's not based on our talents, our looks, where we were born, where we came from, our experience. It's all based on your grace and your love for us. And so this morning, Lord, we pray for this church, for every family that's represented here. We pray for this community and all the people that need to hear the beautiful message of Jesus Christ. We pray for those that are represented here that need to know you, that are family members and friends that are lost and have lost their way. And Lord, we pray for the many nations of this world that still need you, that are crying out and asking that someone would be sent and to go and to reach them. So, Lord, what you're asking us to do many times takes the faith of a giant. Takes the faith of a giant in the faith. And so, Lord, today we pray to raise our level of faith and our commitment to you. So, Lord, that we would be able to see immediately here in our midst people walking through these doors that need to hear how much you love them. To see our communities and our neighborhoods changed for the glory of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you and we praise you. Most of all, for having mercy and grace on us. And for empowering us to do your great work. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.